0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, we are going to be uh, in uh, finishing up Ephesians chapter 3. We'll be putting in at verse 20. And then going through uh, chapter 4 through verse 3. So we'll get started in our last uh, book, last chapter of Ephesians. So this is Paul. Our situation is, is Paul is still in Rome. He is in a Roman prison and he's writing a letter to his beloved church in Philippi, the Philippian church. And they have sent a few people to see him, to be with him. Epaphroditus was the um, apparently the, the pastor over there at the, at the Philippian church. He went in there, and he's got Timothy with him attending to him, and they're trying to cheer him up, um, you know, being in that prison. and of course, he is writing a letter back to them, back to the Philippian church to try to cheer them and encourage them up. He loved these people so dearly. This was like his favorite church. Now, as we start this letter, as we put in this letter, he has been telling them to straining ahead not that he is already perfect as we saw in verse 12 chapter 3 not that i've already obtained this or i'm already perfect but i press on to make it my own because christ jesus has made me his own and brothers i do not consider that i have made it my own but one thing i do forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead i press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of god in christ jesus now, that is, to me, one of the most beautiful passages in this Philippians. This just Paul's been saying, you know, everything he, he did and, and, and accomplished in his life is now a loss because of knowing Christ. And he's really trying to give them this super encouragement about this, that knowing Christ is worth more than anything they can do. And he's saying, not that I'm perfect, you know. But he's just saying, I'm pressing on, I'm forgetting all my mistakes in the past, what lies behind, and I'm straining forward to what lies ahead, okay? The goal is Jesus Christ, and let's hold on to what we have obtained that down in verse sixteen he's, he's saying, We're in the body of Christ, but our main job is to stand your ground and he this is sort of echoing in Ephesians chapter six when he was uh he was telling the church in Ephesus to stand their ground. So in the Philippian church, he's telling them to stand their ground too. So <clears throat> I'm just just a doping-ended question to, to, to all of us today. <clears throat> what are we hoping for? What is our one thing that we're trying to accomplish today? What's our main thing that we want to accomplish? Paul's saying the one thing he does every day If you want to know how he got through it, he said he just forgets yesterday and he strains forward to what lies ahead. His eyes are always on Christ Jesus. That's what he is describing. A heart for Christ. A mindset. A mindset set on Christ. And so he's telling them, that's what you got to do too. That's the only way you're going to get through it. And in verse 20, he says, Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Our citizenship. Now, we may be citizens of Zambia, or citizens of the United States, or citizens of some other country, you know? <coughs> but our real citizenship, our eternal citizenship, is heaven. <coughs> And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. That one little sentence there, takes two verses to get through that one little sentence, but that one little sentence kind of starts puts a cap on this whole Philippians letter. he's saying your mind is with Christ you know <clears throat> that's where you get your righteousness from and you don't have to dwell on the past. we're looking to the future and our citizenship our true citizenship is heaven that's where we're going to eventually live. you know <clears throat> you say where are you going to retire to or where are you gonna where are you going to be next year? Well, Paul's eyes were on heaven. That's his retirement plan. That's his area to where he puts his confidence in. Okay? Now, somebody can put you down. They can say, oh, you don't have a passport or you don't have, uh, you know, you have to do this, that, and the other to go from one country to another or this, that, and the other. Paul's saying, look, my ul- you can give me all your rules, but my ultimate citizenship is heaven. And that's what we wait on. We await our Savior Lord Jesus. It's all about him. And the thing is is that he's, Paul's telling them, what we really look forward to is our lowly bodies will one day be made anew, just like Christ was raised from the dead, and when he was raised from the dead, he had a new body. He showed them, he showed the apostles this new body. He let Timothy put his hand in his side. <clears throat> so he traded a precious perfect body and his new body is scarred. Okay? His new body was scarred because of our sin. He traded his perfectness and he had a scarred body. His hands had holes in it and his side had a a, a pierce in it. Isn't that a, a beautiful analogy. Now we <clears throat> When we are raised from the dead, we all die. But then we are raised from the dead by His power. Our spirit is with Him, but <clears throat> our new bodies will come when Jesus returns to the earth. And when He returns to the earth, our spirit, which is with Him, will get this new body. And it will be transformed to be like his glorious body and this is the power that enables him to subject all things to himself so all of us are subject to him and this is the same power that God used to raise Christ from the dead with <coughs> is is going to raise us from the dead now if you flip if you flip if you flip over to revelations chapter 1 I'll just read in verse 10. McGee was talking about this too. In verse 10. This is John talking in his revelation. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. This is the Lord's day when he comes back. Okay. He was in the spirit. The Holy Spirit was with him on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Okay. And he didn't know who this loud voice was. And then in verse 12 he said, I turned to see the, the voice that was speaking to me and turning i saw seven golden lampstands and he talks about all this description but then he said when i saw him down in verse 17 i fell at his feet as if though dead but he laid his right hand on me saying fear not i am the first and the last i am the living one i died and behold i'm alive forevermore and i have the keys of death and hades wow This is Jesus Christ glorified as he's coming back. This is not Jesus Christ humiliated like he was on earth. You know, this is Jesus Christ in his true form. This is Jesus Christ glorified after he was raised from the dead. Okay. So Paul is giving them a little glimpse of what they have to look forward to. And that's, our, that's what we set our eyes on too, Jesus Christ. We all have only seen Jesus Christ in His humiliation of being on earth and having to be subjected <clears throat> to the authorities here and having to be put to death. But <clears throat> Jesus Christ was humble for us to see the humility of God. But the one thing we have to understand is we've seeing the personification of God's humility but also he's the personification of God's power because we see God's power over death in him but we're have yet to see the personification of God's awesome power and everybody who sees that awesome power falls on the ground like they're dead you know that must be an awesome power so that is a comforting, that is a comforting thing that we have so much to be, to look forward to, and we have this awesome power. Now the atheists want to believe that a lot of times that you know there's goodness out there and and uh, <clears throat> but this is the end. What a lousy thing because they don't have anything to look forward to, because. Once their life is over, that's it, you know. And their life doesn't mean anything more than that, you know. Their life doesn't mean anything any more than a dog or a cat dying. Because evolution means you're not special, you know. You just evolved. But the Christian has this beautiful promise to look forward to. And I think deep down inside, we all want this promise to be true. Even if you don't believe even on their deathbed, so many atheists want something else to be true, but sometimes they they never let their they ne- their pride always holds their hearts back. Their pride and their intellect are trying to win an argument over somebody else, and that's their great stumbling block. <clears throat> their hearts are hardened. <clears throat> now, as we look into chapter four, verse one, he says, "Therefore, my brothers." Whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm, thus in the Lord, my beloved. Now, what is all that? He's saying, therefore, as a conclusion, as as he went, uh, you know, as he sort of piece by piece told the story of his conversion. As everything, you know, was a loss since he met Christ. And and told the story of, uh, I mean, his own personal reflections on... What, how important it is to be of like mindedness because we're united. We have the mind of Christ. And then telling him that his one thing is to look forward and to strain forward towards the goal of Jesus Christ. He says, well, All right, as a result of all this, and even looking forward to Christ returning, you know, he sort of completes that hope by talking about Christ returning. Then he says, after all this, as he really now re- is ready to conclude, just like he we thought he was ready to conclude in um, in chapter three when he says, as he's talking finally, but sees, now he's concluding again. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown stand firm thus in the Lord. My beloved, how does he? How does he end again? <clears throat> he's talking about love joy and his crown it's the same things he talks about all the time love joy and peace the first three fruits of the spirit love love only comes from god god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him with shall not die but have everlasting life that's love jesus christ was the fulfillment of law the fulfillment of law is love jesus is love so he's talking about love. He's saying, just as Jesus loved us, we need to love one another. Okay, he's sort of saying it as an example. Jesus loves us, we love one another. I love. That's the first fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. What's the second? Is joy. When <clears throat> the, the Greek word for <clears throat> uh, blessedness or blessing is joy. When you see the word joy in the Bible, that translates into beatus, okay? Beatus means blessed. When, when we have joy, that means we are blessed. So when Jesus Christ gives us his love, we, he gives us his love, that's our blessing. And the proper response to that is a humble heart, and that humble heart is joyful, okay? So, the first fruit of the of the Spirit is love. The second one is joy. Jesus was described in the Psalms as the happy man. Jesus is full of joy. He's full of love. Our faith is in a God of love and a God of joy. He brings joy to the world. Okay? So, Paul is exhibiting this. He's trying to model this, you know. And he's saying... If you want to do, like let, in verse 3, verse 15, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Mature means mature in their walk with Christ. Model these for the other, others. So love one another and be Joyful. Your joy comes not in your material things, but it comes from the blessings that God gives us all. Remember, our joy translates from the word beatus. That's blessing. God's love is our blessing. Our love to one another is all of our blessings to one another. Love, joy, and the crown. What's the crown? That's being reconciled to God. When you have the Holy Spirit inside you because of your faith in Jesus Christ, you're reconciled. You have the righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ who's living in you. You have the crown of righteousness. You have the crown of righteousness that belongs to Christ. But he places it on your head. You have love, joy, and peace. You have peace with God the Father through Jesus Christ. Okay? And that crown is the crown of righteousness that comes from Christ. You have a citizenship in heaven and you or your body will be transformed from our earthly, mortal bodies to an eternal body. Okay? By the power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead. We have love that comes from the Father, so love one another. We have joy that comes from The blessings from the Father. So bless one another in joy. And we have peace. The righteousness from Christ is peace with the Father. And that righteousness is a crown for your head and mine. That crown of righteousness that really belongs to Christ. So what do we do? Stand firm, thus, therefore, thus. Therefore, because all these things are true, stand firm thus. This is echoing back to Ephesians chapter 6. Stand firm. He wants us to stand our ground. And back in 16 chapter 3, let us hold on. Okay? So, he's saying, stand your ground, stand firm. Just like it said in Ephesians chapter 6. He's not asking you to change the world on your own. He's already changed the world. He's not asking you to to go into battle. There is a spiritual battle going on, as it says in Ephesians chapter 6. But He does the major fighting. All He asks us to do is hold on to our ground. Stand firm where you are. Not in yourself, not in your own abilities. The only way to hold on and stand firm is in the Lord. In the Lord, my beloved. Now, <clears throat> verse 2, he says, I treat, I entreat. Uh, when you translate the word entreat into the Greek, it means to call, invite, ask, request. Okay, so he's asking <clears throat> Udaya and I entreat or I ask Sinentech to agree in the Lord. Now, these are two ladies, <clears throat> and apparently they were having. A misunderstanding or an argument or something. So he's saying, I entreat Udiah and Sinintech to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also. So he's asking this other person, this third person, and we don't know their name. True companion. And he calls them a true companion. So <clears throat> we don't know if that was a proper noun, just calling them true companion Help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. So he's saying to them, he's getting real, real personal here, and he's telling them, make sure since we've got all these things, all these blessings, and we're supposed to be of one mind in Christ. And we're supposed to be united in the body of Christ as one body. And we're in the one Spirit. The Holy Spirit's in us. And we're in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Father's in us now through the Holy Spirit. And we're in the Father. And we're citizens of heaven. And we're adopted as sons and daughters. To be, of He's sort of modeling this out again. Be of one mind. Agree in the Lord. Yes, everybody's got their own opinions. They've got their own mind. We're not all robots. But if you can agree in anything, agree in the Lord. And another interesting thing is, is that he's working side by side with these ladies. You know? So again, another example of women... Very important workers in the gospel, especially in the early church. And remember, Lydia was the first person he met, the first person in Europe baptized by Paul when he came to the church in Philippi. The church in Philippi was the first church started in Europe by Paul. Lydia was the person. He thought he was going to meet the man of Macedonia because he had this dream about this man in Macedonia. Again, Macedonia was part of the Roman Empire and Philippi was in the kingdom of Macedonia right on the Aegean Sea. So, no, he didn't meet the man from Macedonia. He met Lydia, a very successful businesswoman. So, just a head nod to the women. Go girl power. So, this is what he's he's telling them to make sure they agree. So, have love for one another. Be joyful in the gospel with one another. Because we have the righteousness from Christ with one another. We have a crown of righteousness. And we're to stand firm in that righteousness. Stand firm in that gospel message. And agree with one another. He's sort of getting down where rubber meets the road now. Agree with one another in the gospel. So just another quick uh, little part I heard this verse over the weekend, and I just wanted to throw it in um, this study today. It's from Romans chapter 13. It's talking about politics, you know. Let every person, this is Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So, you know, it's talking about trying to agree with one another in the Holy Spirit. Okay, so this is another thing to think about. You know, you've got politicians now in power, and they're telling you, and you think to yourself, I voted, but my vote now doesn't, the person I wanted to be in power isn't in power, and then somebody else is in power now over me. You know, and a lot of people are disagreeing, you know, about that. And first of all, Paul is saying, Agree in the Lord. If you, you know, make sure you agree in the Lord. If you can't come to terms with your own politics or you can't come to terms with your own opinions of things, agree in the Lord. Okay? That's the common denominator. And there's a lot of different opinions on a lot of different things, but he says, Agree in the Lord. And then he's talking about, he gets down to the politics. He says, Every person. Has to be subjected to whoever's in power. Okay? So even if the person you don't like is in power, or even if somebody is over you, like it's your job is over you in authority, <clears throat> be subjected to them. Okay? Because the only authority, real authority, is God. And the authority, the people in authority over you, whether they're politicians or your boss at work. Or people at school. They have authority over you. And you have to give them that authority. Because the only reason they're in authority over you is God put them there. And they may think they're there in authority over you because they're better than you. But no, God says even the people in authority are there because I'm controlling all of the politics. I'm controlling all of the things that put people... In power over one another or have authority over one another and even Jesus when he went before Pilate you know and Pilate said to him you know don't you understand that I have the power to you know to put you to death and Jesus looked at him and said you have no authority over me except what was given to you from above okay and that's what Paul is telling him: give them the respect that they're supposed to have because they were put in that position by God Okay, And then he says, down in verse 6, we're still in Romans 13, down in verse 6, So because of this you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no, no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Okay. <clears throat> Clear your debts. Don't owe anything to anybody. Pay to what. Pay other people to what's due to them. Don't have disagreements with one another. Agree in the Lord, with one another. So I hope this was study was helpful and encouraging to you. It was to me. It sure makes things, uh, puts things in practical perspective, and that's what Paul is so good at. So from me to all of you, God bless you. I'll see you next time. Keep your hearts centered on Christ. And now I'll turn the podcast over to Matali, my partner and co-host in Zambia. Matali can't wait to hear what you have to say on this. And take it away.
1: Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21. And we get into... Uh, the last chapter of Philippians which is, which is chapter 4 verses 1 through 2 verse 3 so in the previous verses from chapter 3 Paul um, changed his hope for the future and um, we were told in um, verse 20 of chapter 3 that um, you know we are a colony of heaven here on earth we are to represent Christ and um If we look at Paul's um, life, if we take account of Paul's life, he was living for Christ. So, um, you know, our hope as believers, as children of God, it should never be that of tribulation. You know, today we um, hear a lot of people saying... We're passing through the time of tribulation. We have we, we can't even comprehend what tribulation is as um, you know, human beings. We are not passing through a time of tribulation. And um if we were passing through a time of tribulation, um, then um that would be the time that um Christ would have come and the rapture would have happened. So, you know, as believers, um, our hope should never be in the time of tribulation. This is a time of judgment. So, um Nowhere in the Bible is it written that the church will go through the great tribulation. So the church will be delivered from judgment and will not go through this particular period. So, um, you know, Paul had a renewed hope for the future because um, he knew as um, a child of God, he was not going to go through that um, period of judgment And um, he was living for Christ. So this should be an encouragement for us Christians to actually live for Christ, to represent Christ here on earth. We are a colony um, of heaven here on earth. Just like, um, you know, there were colonies of Rome um, back in the day that were representing Rome. Um, We ought to represent Christ here on earth. So, um, this is um, what verse... 20 is actually talking about and it says for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the savior the lord jesus christ so let us wait let us represent christ here on earth for we are a colony of heaven verse 21 reads um who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able to subdue all things to himself. So he is talking about Christ. He will conform our lowly body. He will make us pure. He will make us <clears throat> blemishless. He will. He will make us. Um, he will make us um, whole. Um, so you know, the vile body is um, a body of corruption. Um, if we look at Second Cor- sorry, First Corinthians. Chapter 15, verses 50 to 51, it reads, Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. So, um it's talking about the corrupt body, the corrupt mind, and um, how we shall all be changed, um, you know, to um, it, to the glory of God, so um, to his glorious body. So we shall all be transformed from our lowly, sinful, vile bodies um, into um, perfection, um, into beings without blemish if we have faith in Christ. And um, if we... We, we we live for Christ here on earth, if we form his colony here when He comes, he shall transform us and make us um into um into uh blameless um incorruptible um uh, beings here because flesh cannot inherit flesh and blood cannot inherit um the kingdom of God as promised so um you know the lord is giving his um his 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 last call if we look at revelations 1 verse 10 he is calling us to to seek him and to go to him in order for 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 him to um save us and wash us with his blood from all our sins so um verse 10 of um revelations chapter 1 reads i was in the spirit on the lord's day and i heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet. So God is calling us each and every day to turn to him. And, um, you know, God's people will not go through the great tribulation. That's the, the promise of, 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 um, that God has given to his people, to his faithful um, children. So, um, you know, John did speak of this. Um, and he had said, Beloved, now um, are we the children of God? When God appears, we shall be like him. This is a scripture of high hope, Um, expectancy, and great anticipation. God has said to his children, I will help you from the hour of great tribulation. Um, So, you know, Paul had hope for the future. John had actually, um, John the Baptist had actually spoken of this, um, that... um, when God appears, He will make us like Him, and God is pure, God is blameless, um, God is, is, is not corrupt, and um, if we hear and heed the call of God, um, only then we will be made um, whole in His righteous body, and um, this is a great hope that Paul actually lived by, Paul lived for Christ, and Paul, um, you know, he had hope for the future because um you know god has promised not to let us go through um that horrible horrible period which is the great um tribulation so uh, moving on to chapter 4 of philippians <clears throat> um this um chapter 4 um of philippians looks at the power of christian living so um chapter 1 looked at the philosophy of christian living um Chapter 2, the pattern for Christian living. Um, Chapter 3, which we just concluded, um, talks about the prize for Christian living. And now we're looking at the power for Christian living today. So, um, you know, power is important. And um, um, it gives us um, strength. You know, um, belief in the Lord gives us strength. So... um, You know, um, we can do all things um, through Christ who, who strengthens us. Verse 13, very popular verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So Christ is our source of power. And, um, and um, um, we ought to look to Christ every day as our source of power. Um, verse 1 um, goes on to read, Therefore, my beloved, and long for brethren... My joy and crown so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. So, um, you know, um, we are going to receive, um, you know, the crown that is being talked about here. Um, and, um, you know, there's going to be joy here on earth, um, because, um, you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength and, um, this strength is the power. So if we have joy in the Lord today, um, this is going to be our daily strength. So, um, we have to stand fast in the Lord and, um, um, it's very important to have stability in, in, in Christ the Lord. Um, you know, there is going to be, um, you know, um, a time when Christ is, um, you know, one day, you know, um, um, when Christ actually comes back, this is actually his second coming when he comes back and he, 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 he gets his crown and, and, um, he, he, um, he, you know, um, he receives, um, you know, like, um, he actually wins over souls and he's going to be. Um, he's going to have Christ is actually going to have that joy you know the joy of the Lord um, is what strengthens us when we do right by Christ um, Christ is um, full of joy and that joy um, gives us as believers you know strength and belief in in, in Christ so uh, verse 2 goes on to say I implore you dear and um, I implore sin tech to be of the same mind in the Lord. So, um, you know, this uh, Paul here was talking about the misunderstanding that was in the church in Philippi. So, you know, um, when there is misunderstandings in churches, this is what um, does not grow the church so um it 's not good to have like different cliques in the church uh, in the church, and oh we are all supposed to be of one mind, and um, if we are together in the Lord, um, we are together in one mind so paul was was actually um, encouraging the Philippines not to have um, different cliques and different groups in the church, like oh these are better than others, these do more 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 tasks and more works than others we 're all working for um, you know, we're all working for Christ. And um, we all ought to be of one one body. We may not agree. We may have different beliefs and different doctrines and all. But at the end of the day, we're all working for the common goal. We're all working for Christ. Verse 3 goes on to read, um, And I urge you also, um, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. So, um, you know, the Philippi women, you know, they occupied very prominent places in the church. And um, it's an important thing um, that um, their names were in the book of life. So, you know, I beg to ask the question, is your name or my name in the book of life? And, um... You know, it's important to actually live for Christ here on earth. We represent Christ here on earth. We're a colony of heaven here on earth. And um, we have, you know, a hope for the future. As children of God, um, we won't go through um, the tribulation. God is calling. Um, He is calling us every day to seek his face, to go to him, and um, to trust in him and um you know only then will we get um you know uh, when we, when we seek his face when we have faith in him um, you know the joy that the Lord has it strengthens us every day so um you know let us um let us have that new, renewed hope in Christ because um if we believe in Christ, Christ has promised christ doesn't break his promises Christ has promised that um we will not um go through that great tribulation that hour of judgment um and um we that really bad period in uh that is um yet to come so um let us um live for Christ today here on earth and um yeah so this is today's um teaching and um Yeah, I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, Have a good day and a blessed Monday. God bless and bye-bye.